Now, the one man who made a difference five times before is about to make a difference again. Only this time, it's different. Who left the fridge open? You see, y'all guys always get mad when I tell you what NBA rule I would change. Which one is that? I think you should be able to go up in the stands and beat the hell out of one person per game. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I, I, I can't see why that didn't uh, take So hold. you don't think that guy deserved to get his ass beat right at center court? People should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. You know, good Friar Cook. Yes, Rabbi Dave. I feel like I know we have an agenda and all that. And I, I know we take the time to to actually outline the show and we, we talk about things all during the week. Yeah. I almost feel like we have to change directions here. Yeah, I because, think so. Because as, as much as I want to talk about the, the main subject I want to talk about, this Charles Barkley thing, which was supposed to be my WTF this week. Sure. It just, it, look, <clears throat> I hate the NBA. I have I have not gone to an NBA game since 1993. Yeah, I wasn't an NBA fan either. And then my dad got me tickets for the Sacramento Kings, and we we went on a few games. Uh, the years that they were good. Oh wait, which was I very... did go to a game in Sacramento. I went to a, a Jazz game in 2006. And I got to be honest with you, the NBA it's the most controversial opinion that I hold. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Michael sure. Jordan ruined basketball. Okay. People I could see I, that. I say that and people go, Dave, he was the greatest player of all time. No, he was the greatest individual player of mm-hmm. all time. And he turned the game from a team sport into a every team has to have one guy and that's uber good. And that's it. And the Jazz, when the Jazz first came to Utah, I was a big NBA fan back in those days. We had a player like that. Nobody's heard of this guy anymore. Adrian Dantley. And no. Adrian Dantley used to score 50 points a night. I mean, he was he was the entire team. And the Jazz, how do I put this politely, uh, sucked badly. Yeah. And it wasn't until they got rid of Adrian Dantley and picked up multiple players, Carl Malone, mm-hmm. John Stockton, that they became a team and became good. And then Michael yeah. Jordan came along and ruined the whole thing. And and that's my I, – I get – people say that all the time. Dave, what's your most controversial opinion? Expecting me to say, you know, Donald Trump is God, uh, Obama is Jesus, whatever. And it's always, no, Michael Jordan ruined the NBA. But, hey, the NBA did give us Dennis Rodman. <laughs> and Dennis Rodman did give us Dennis Rodman's Big Bang in Pyongyang which was yeah. still one of my favorite documentaries of all time. <laughs> I mean, who else would go to Pyongyang and get drunk before meeting Kim Jong-un? Uh, there's nobody I can think nobody. of. Nobody, right. So I, I'll grant you that. But anyway, I, I quit watching the NBA a long time ago just because it just, it just wasn't fun anymore. It, it, 
And, and I think the yeah. moment that it turned for me was uh, David Stern was the was the NBA commissioner in those days. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are thinking, why is WTF doing sports talk radio? Just keep your pants on. We'll get there, okay? Yeah. But this Charles Barkley thing really appeals to me. Anyway, David Stern made some interview in, in Sports Illustrated. And the whole thing was about how hockey was becoming more popular and hockey was overtaking the NBA. And they were interviewing David Stern about it. And he was talking about how football is military, you know, it's army, you know, marching down the field with the field generals and the gridiron and blah, blah, blah. And baseball is hot dogs and apple pie. Anyway, what he said about the NBA is it's jazz music. It's just improvisation. And as you probably know, I hate jazz music. So I'm sorry, Dave. Mm. Anyway, I love jazz music. <clears throat> So it, it just, it, I, I think that's the point where it started turning me off. Now that said, there are two things that I really liked about basketball. Mm-hmm. The 1992 dream team, which I know featured Michael Jordan, but yeah. it also had a guy on it by the name of Charles Barkley, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah. There was a- Always love me some Charles. Mound round of rebound. <laughs> There was a moment in the 1992 Olympics when they were playing Angola and Charles came down with a rebound and this Angolan center, I just remember him being like nine feet tall, mm-hmm. tried to whack it at the ball and Barkley just put an elbow into his chest and just sent the guy flying. Yeah. No call. <laughs> <laughs> After the game, they're interviewing this guy who, who speaks English Fairly yeah. well, as I recall. And they were asking about, you know, did you feel like that was, you know, not fair? Should that have been a call? And he's like, dude, Charles Barkley elbowed me. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> From the same guy that, you know, knocked out Barney the dinosaur. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, well, it was It was incredible. the dream team because a lot of the other players would, you know, who would never have had the opportunity to play against those, that team or those players. Right. Got to play against them. Right. And it wasn't even fair. (laughs) It it wasn't, but it was fun. It was, it was, uh, that's that. And, and then I did go to the Olympics. Like an all-star game. Yeah. (laughs) I did go to the Olympics in 96 and saw that. But, But beyond that, I just really haven't been all that into basketball. So I guess this past week, the, the NBA playoffs are going on. Did you know that? I, I vaguely know that. recall that. I didn't know that. The Jazz, yeah. which would be my team if I were a basketball fan, the Utah Jazz would be my team. People say, well, why isn't the Oklahoma City Thunder, Dave? You're an Oklahoma City native. Well, because they're not really the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're actually the Seattle Supersonics, stolen. Yeah. But then, Dave, the Utah Jazz are really the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah, but I hate New Orleans, so... It's fair. <laughs> anyway, and I hate jazz music, which is weird, but anyway, uh, the, the jazz were the number one seed, I guess, in the Western Conference. I didn't even didn't even know yeah. that. Don't even care. So the playoffs are going on, and I guess one of the players for some team, and I don't know who it was, got really hot under the collar, and as he was walking into the locker room, some fan hit him with popcorn. Yeah, which is great. popcorn on his head. Right, yeah. which is great as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a battery. No, it's not a beer. It's popcorn for God's sakes. You know, it's, it's not like it's 
going what 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 did a piece of it get stuck in his teeth and he had to go to the dentist to get it out or something oh I mean, he might slip on it get his shoe all slippery so, with the butter so barkley's take on this whole thing was as you heard if i could change one rule it would be at random you just get to go in the stands and beat the hell out of somebody <laughs> And the reaction to this was like, is he serious? <laughs> I don't understand why that I don't understand why that didn't catch on, Charles. You know, I think we should make Charles Charles the Goliard of the week. Yeah, I agree. Because he was, man, <laughs> he was, you know, again, he's Charles Barkley, so yeah. who knows if he's who knows if he's actually serious or not. I mean, the guy wants to be governor of Alabama. But he uh he he pushed on with it, man. Don't don't you think that guy deserved to have his ass beaten at center court? Why, yeah. yes, Charles, I do. <laughs> and I, I can just see it now. You pointing into the stands right. down here now. <laughs> can you imagine like that Angolan guy all those years ago, the the excitement of paying extra because I might get to be the guy that Charles Barkley beats up at center court? That'd be awesome. Uh, it was Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. World, not world be free. What was... Oh, the guy for Sacramento. I can't remember his name now. He changed his name. World Meta something, Meta Free or something. I I can't remember the guy's name now. Ron Artest was his real name. Yeah. He changed it because back in the 70s, there was a player that changed his name to World Be Free. And it's like right out of Tropic Thunder, not Tropic Thunder, um, Semi-Pro, the the Flint Tropics, right? Coffee Black and... It keeps changing his name to all this other stuff. So he changed his name to World Be Free. So Ron Artest changed his name to something. He went into the stands once. Yeah. And you thought people would have. Well, well, then then you'd have like sleepers, right? You get some MM, some partially known MMA guy, right? Or, or maybe even unknown MMA guy who comes out. You know, he gets picked. Oh, I, I got to right. see this guy. Right. <laughs> and, and you know him. the teams are going to be, you know, the teams are going to be salting this, right? Because sure. they've already picked the seat that's going to get randomly beat up in advance. Oh, yeah. So, hey, congratulations you on the local sports talk radio. Congratulations, you've won two tickets to see blah, blah team. And you get to be beat up, right? They'll put on those inflatable yeah, punching gloves. Remember right. those back in the day? Those right. Things. Yeah, rock them, sock them <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, those were great. And then uh, for beating up your little brother, those were fantastic. Ooh, they were great. Until they popped in the yeah. middle of your swing. You know, because as soon as they hit, they pop, and, then, and you're hitting your brother. Full I didn't on. have a brother; I had a sister, but it was still fun. Yeah, I had, <laughs> had two brothers, and uh, it was an adventure. Anyway, the point being of all this that you know, they'll they'll rig the whole thing at some. Sure, point. it won't be random. See, that's the problem: is that it wouldn't be random. Yeah, if it was random, it'd be great. Because then, you know, it could be anybody in the stands theoretically. Yeah, but some nine year old. <laughs> Dad, I got beat up by Charles Barkley at the game. <laughs> well, you and some Angolan, lop, right? son. You and some Angolan. Yeah. They'd be using pool noodles or something to oh, whack each other. God, It'd be, be something great. like that. I'd, I'd, see, I'd pay money to see that. Yeah. That, I, that, I would, that would now, get me to that buy. that is a halftime show. Well, is it halftime or is it before the game? As a warning. See, I get the impression that Barkley's uh, – Barkley's comments were like, we need to warn people beforehand. So this is, this is, this is a preemptive, uh, you know, kind of, Hey, we're doing this to, to set the example. So yeah, 
I got I got in trouble one time because I used to be a used to just be a once manager. Yeah, well, <laughs> <clears throat> most of you know this. I used to be a CEO, CFO kind of thing, and I was uh, under my department was human human resources at one point, and I jokingly jokingly made the suggestion that you know if we just took one employee out every year and shot them, the rest of them would get the point. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see the, the HR personnel being like, people are staring at me like, is he serious? Because <laughs> let me tell you, the worst part about being the boss is employees. <clears throat> employees suck. Well, I, I was going to say the worst part about being the boss is the HR department. <laughs> that too, but you know. My apologies to anyone who works in HR, but. Right. Which was me. Yeah, I haven't time. had very good experiences. That's because we we dedicate ourselves to making it making it as difficult as possible. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, Barclay's suggestions seem to me to be in that same vein of preemptive warning kind of thing. You know, if we just picked out one fan, beat the hell out of him at center court <laughs> at random, the rest of them would get the idea that maybe I don't really want to mess with these guys. Yeah. Uh, or until a, until a player gets injured in the right yeah, Lose, before the game and can't play right until they salt the thing with a, with some MMA fighter or a yeah or a bear or a bear <laughs> a greased pig <laughs> San Antonio Spurs lost a forward this morning before the game <laughs> when it didn't go well in the pregame fight anyway that makes me say. Charles Barkley, WTF. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're going to start with the WTFs, I guess I, guess I could go ahead and do mine. Um, you know, Dave, you've, you've heard the saying that if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound, right? Yes. Yes, I've yeah. heard the saying, and yes, it does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's fine. Well, if a tree farts in the forest, does it make a sound? <clears throat> See that? I don't know. Well, first time I didn't know some, I didn't know yeah. trees could fart. I mean, well, you know, it, it they don't because there's just a smidge of greenhouse gases that they do release to the atmosphere. And so we've got scientists now that are out on the coast uh, of the marshy forest along the coast of North Carolina that are studying tree farts. And they that's what they call it, because it has an effect on the environment. So you've got these well, looks like some students and stuff. Uh, and college students going out and looking at the trees and hooking a little their their little scientific equipment up to it. And yes, trees do fart. So we got that going for us. So how much of a government grant did they get to study this? Because I, I swear uh, to God, I'm in the wrong line of work. How much know, do you think we could get? It for, doesn't say, but you know what there had to have been, right? Had to be millions. Had to how be. Mu- how much could we get for a study about whether or not podcast hosts fart? And how much does that contribute to global warming? Oh, that would be a good study. Because I feel like we could fund this show for a lot of years on that stuff. Well, yeah. That's and, a lot of coffee. And then come up with results were inconclusive and not reproducible. Because <laughs> that's how <laughs> require further study right, right. and another grant. Further studios study is required. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Dave. 
I'm Rod. And uh, so I've been watching television lately. I'm not sure why. I don't know what mm-hmm. happened, but I'm back on the binge watch. Okay. And I picked up a show this week called The Last Czars. Okay. Now, this is a... I don't really know how to describe this. Somewhere along the way, they started doing documentaries, historical documentaries, with actors. So they'll act out a scene. Kind of like a docudrama? I guess I, I, that's probably what it is. It, they, they act out a scene and then the, the, the historians will come on and tell you what you just watched. Because you're not smart enough to figure it out for yourself, I guess. I don't know. But it's not, it's not a television drama. But neither is it a pure documentary. So I guess docudrama is the way to go. So this one is about the the last two czars, Alexander III and Nicholas II, who, I have to be honest with you, are are not particularly of interest to me, never have been. Um, I'm not really certain why they haven't been because they're fascinating characters. But here there too, I just haven't cared that much. Does that make sense? Not sure if I still have you there or not, but at any rate, I'm, I'm you're here. thinking. Yeah, the, it, you're thinking. You're, well, it, it my I don't know if the internet connection went red or what, but uh, <clears throat> you, right. you kind of cut out on me as well. Well, you know. Anyway, I was saying that they're they're not particularly interesting characters to me, but mm-hmm. uh, as a general rule of thumb, they are. The story of the Romanovs, the end of the Romanov dynasty, is fascinating history. I mean, it really is. When you think about in terms of a few people affecting so much history and changing so many things around the world, you're dealing with a guy who, unlike most European monarchs, actually was in love with his wife, actually liked his wife. They, they, they actually liked each other, which is very unusual considering that everybody is Queen Victoria's grandchild at some point. Um, (laughs) All of those relationships were arranged. Yeah. And, you know, they're all about, I don't know, treaties and alliances and the likes of that. Anyway, these two people actually liked each other. But Nicky, Nicholas II, is badly ill-prepared to be – badly (laughs) ill-prepared. Goodly prepared not? That that means he was prepared well? (laughs) Goodly prepared not-ish? Anyway – he wasn't really he, – He was ill-prepared. His, his dad was such an autocrat. His dad was such a uh, – I'm thinking of a word here, but I don't think I can say it on the air. But anyway, his, his dad was kind of a uh, totalitarian. And okay. growing up, he was not. He, he was a very sensitive – his dad was really tall. He was really short. You know, his dad was huge. He was small. So – but he still – when his dad died suddenly – Without warning, 26-year-old Nicholas II ends up at czar of all Russias. All the Russians. There's only one Russia, right? Anyway, point being that he's not really ready for this. And so he keeps all of his dad's advisors in place who have been advising this totalitarian autocrat for the last 20 years to basically screw the people. Okay, so he continues these policies. He's he's highly anti-Semitic because he's been taught to be anti-Semitic. He's mm-hmm. he's 
But he's deeply in love with his wife, who he marries right after becoming a czar. And the deeply suspicious Russian people are concerned because there's a lot of weird stuff that just keeps happening. <laughs> you know, like his his wife drops something on the coronation day and blah, blah. Anyway, point of all this being that throughout this whole thing, you couldn't find a more incompetent group of people to run a major country. I mean, they're just not, they really believe that they know what they're doing, but they don't. Sure. And they don't listen to their constituents, the people, because in their words, we're a monarchy. We don't have to. Yeah. Not listening to constituents is starting to sound vaguely familiar. Is it? Because yeah. it's, you know, we're in charge. You just do what we say. Mm-hmm. Mask up. Right. So along this whole thing, they have five kids, four daughters, and they finally have a son, the Zarivovich, the prince, uh, Alexander, who, because the because of all this inbreeding, is hemophiliac. Okay. Right? And they can't figure out what to do because this is 1905 and doctors are basically incompetent at this point, right? Yeah. So in the midst of all this nonsense in the Russian church, there is this priest, a father, Father Gregory, who gains a reputation as being a healer. Now, he's not a healer. He's really not. He's really a charlatan. He really is <laughs> using his skills at listening and convincing people to calm down to seduce women. That's what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. And he's doing a pretty good job of that. I mean, he's getting more action than than I ever saw in my lifetime. So at any rate, he's I mean, he's really good at this, okay? <laughs> he's coming a really from good some, priest. From so, well, his his mentality, Rod, is you have to sin in order to be forgiven. Okay. <laughs> I'm not making this up. You can go look it up. It's, this, is, this is history 101, folks. So he, through a long set of circumstances that I don't have time to go through to, gets connected to the to the Zarzina, his wife, mm -hmm. Nikki's wife, because she he can help the prince with his hemophilia. And for okay. some reason, and to this day, nobody knows what the reason is, it seems to work. The hmm. prince doesn't die. He's, you know, every time he gets hurt, Grigori, Father Grigori shows up and does his little spiel and, and off you go. And everybody's like, well, whatever. The problem is that he is a, <clears throat> well, number one, he's a charlatan, but number two, he is a power-hungry lunatic. He wants to be the number one influence in the Tsar and the Tsarzina. Well, yeah, because, you know, you, if you're that close to power, you could easily, you know, basically eh, influence. And he does. He begins to influence political issues. He begins to domestic issues, to some degree, even international issues. Okay? And... The problem is that everybody can see this, everybody sees this, except the czar and his wife, the two people that can actually say, yeah, we don't want you here anymore because you're, you're interfering in things that are really not your business. Healer, go be, go be a doctor, go be, go do doctor things. Well, you also have a component that 
you've got these advisors that are now trying to be probably pushed out of the way. Right. So right. it's a political move, right? They're going to be, it's, hey, you know, this guy's a charlatan. It's an internal political battle. And, of course, every time they say something bad about Father Gregory, the Zarzina leans on the czar and says, oh, they're just making this this up to. Yeah, they're to, jealous. To jealous. So it gets worse and worse and worse. And everybody, literally everybody can see this. Everybody can see it. In fact, it becomes so obvious that Father, Father Gregory is stooping the Zarzina on the side because she writes him letters saying how much she enjoys it. And <laughs> Father Gregory accidentally leaves the letters at a church that he visits one day with the bishop who hates him. And the bishop oh, says, because, because the bishop says, what's well, the Christian thing to do here? He publishes the letters in the newspapers. Because, you know, when you don't have Facebook right. what or, else do or you any do? kind of social media, you just publish it. Right. So now it's all in the news. I mean, everybody. And still the Tsarzina says, well, it's not true. And the Tsar goes, okay. Now, the lesson in all of this is that eventually Father Grigori, better known by his last name as Rasputin. Oh, there you go eventually causes a lot of things to happen. Like the war, World War One, is going really badly for the Russians. I mean, they're, they're getting their butts kicked by the Germans and the Austria-Hungarians. And Grigori may have had his hand in convincing the Tsar that what the, what the troops at the front need is your leadership. <laughs> and so in 1915, the Tsar, who has no military training at all, none, and is literally hated by his people. Not hated in the sense of, you know, we do, they just don't want him to be in charge anymore. Yeah. And some of them are willing to kill him if they can't. So he trundles off to the front, which of course is a complete disaster, leaving the Tsarzina in charge back at the capital along with her friend, Father Grigori. And if you know your history, things at that point really go south because the Russians just continue to get their butts kicked. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, the soldiers are getting tired of being used as fodder. They're, 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 they got a problem with this incompetent military leadership that is getting men, millions of them killed. And they start surrendering to the Germans because they figure, well, it's better than, better than dying for the czar. Right. Yeah. And it's of not course, good to be czar. And of course this leads to, the assassination of Father Grigori, because people are convinced that he's the problem. Some people are convinced that he's the problem. and well, He this, is a problem, yes. Yeah, and this leads to all kinds of rumors about his assassination and the, the weird stuff that goes on there, like they shoot him and stab him and all this stuff, and he still gets up and comes after the people that are trying to kill him. Well, yeah. that's kind of freaky. Yeah, and they end up, they end up throwing him in the river where he – where he dies under the ice and they, anyway, so the whole, the whole concept here is that eventually because of the destruction that's been wrought by what Rasputin helped to do, he didn't mm -hmm. do it all himself, but he helped. Uh, what ends up happening is of course the Russian revolution, the Bolsheviks versus the, the white Russians and, and, and civil war ensues. And in the middle of this civil war, the Bolsheviks who have captured the Royal family, the czar, his wife, his five kids, they haul them off to a city in Siberia and shoot them. 
So this tragic end is brought about by really crappy advice being given to the czar by a number of people, but among them, yeah. this Rasputin guy who is just a charlatan. I mean, he's just about power. He's just about keeping his name, you know, front well, and center of. Once he died, was he no longer healing? Obviously no longer healing the boy. Right. But that was 1915, 1916. So, so two years later, they're all dead anyway. Sure. So <clears throat> not really, not really all that big of an impact at that point. But as a historian, you know, you look at things and you go, well, History repeats itself. It doesn't really repeat itself, but it does rhyme, as once was said. And as I was reading this week about some things, look, I, I'm going to be honest. I I have been reticent to to jump on the Anthony Fauci is is, is bad. You know, look, I I, I still believe. And I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary that the coronavirus is most likely a natural phenomenon that escaped for whatever way. I'm, I'm not a believer that this was a bioengineered weapon for, for one, one big reason. And that is very simply, if it was bioengineered, they really screwed it up. It didn't do a good job yeah. if, for what you expect if it was a bioengineered weapon. At well, any rate, and, and if it was, you're never going to find out anyway because of the liabilities and everything going on right. that – there's, there's just no way. But that hasn't stopped conservative pundits from jumping on the whole, you know, Fauci's, Fauci funded this, Fauci's a communist, Fauci's making millions of, from the vaccine, Fauci's doing and, and, of course, as I call it, Fauci today, because what did Fauci say today? Fauci today said, Fauci today said, Fauci oh, today said. And so I was going back through all that stuff because I just, I just wanted to get a, a feel for it, you know, and it's like. Let's see, January 21st, obviously you do need to take it, that is coronavirus, seriously, mm -hmm. do the kind of things that the CDC and Homeland Security, but it's not a major threat. This is not something that the citizens of the United States need to worry about. It's something as we as public health officials need to take seriously, but you don't In February, he said that the threat is minuscule. Remember, this is when, when Trump was shutting down travel to China yeah. because it was racist. Uh, in March, he predicted that the inf infection fatality rate would be close to 1%. Let's see. March, he said, uh, right now you should not be walking around with masks. But if you want to do it, that's fine. Unintended consequences. By the yeah. end of March, he was saying we need to extend the 15-day guidelines. And and just this, this back and forth that Fauci has done. Flip-flop. Flipping, flopping, wear four masks, wear two masks. And and what I've noted in going through all this stuff is he always has someone else to blame for it. It's always mm -hmm. the CDC. I'm just telling you what the CDC says. I'm, yeah. He never, from what I can read of this stuff, he almost never appeals to his own authority as a physician. No. It's always somebody else said, you should follow their guidance. You should extend their guidance. You should apply their guidance. And it, it, it dawned on me in the middle of all this, Rod, mm -hmm. that this guy's freaking Rasputin. He's yeah. Rasputin-Nachi. Rasputin-Nachi. He's, and, he's, and we're paying for it. We're paying for the privilege of his wisdom. I guess, but he's just doing the same thing. He's just, mm -hmm. he's so focused on keeping his name and authority, whatever that is, and power I mean, 
Donald Trump, who made his bones firing people, right? <laughs> Didn't he have a yep. TV show where he fired people all the time? Yep. Didn't fire Dr. Anthony Fauci. Why? Who was leaning on him to say, no, we need this guy? Uh, maybe he was afraid of making him more of a martyr. You know, maybe he would have been listened to more. I don't know how that's possible. But, but isn't, isn't it odd, though, that the people who are singing Fauci's praises now, up until February of last year, hated Anthony Fauci. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. They hated him. Hated him. You know why? No. Because he was, uh, well, Larry Kramer, who was a leading AIDS activist back in the 80s, called him a, quote, incompetent idiot and a pill-pushing tool of the medical establishment. <laughs> pill-pushing tool. He <laughs> uh, spent years hating him, eventually called him. Eventually they came around to say, well, okay, maybe he did really help. But, but in the meantime, he bore the brunt of the anger from the LB, LGBT community who were largely ignored by, by the government that he was advising back in the eighties mm -hmm. because he, he just didn't want to, he did, they didn't like the way he was dealing with it. In the Ebola crisis. Now I, I was on the air during the 2014 Ebola crisis, which, yeah, which wasn't about. a crisis, but you know, to listen to some people, <laughs> Sean Hannity, you'd, yeah. you'd have thought it was going to kill us all. Um, he was uh, he was he was constantly criticized during that. I don't remember hearing from him. I really don't. I remember the CDC. I guess I wasn't paying close attention. I don't know, but it, it it's remarkable to me how much <laughs> how much Rasputin is in this guy, in the sense that why is he still here? I have no idea. He's 80 years old. What does yeah. Dr. Fauci have that makes him worth keeping around? Is Are we supposed to believe that he's really the only guy in the entire world that can run the NIH and, and because he's the only guy that gets it? Or, is that even possible? Is that even conceivable? Well, it, Taking from his never taking the blame for anything tells you a little bit of his political style, right? So he's going to be, he's going to be a political snake right? in whatever organization he's at. And because he's at the head, who's going to go against that, right? Well, Trump did. Trump said he was, he was making too many mistakes and, and all yeah. that, but then, but then didn't get rid of him. Like, like the czar didn't get rid of. Rasputin, even though Rasputin was probably stupid as wife. That is, that's not even a, an appointed position, is it? I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it is. A, uh, it's a it's a government higher position. I I don't I don't think it requires. Uh, Fauci joined him as a clinical associate, became director position. He still holds. He's been offered position as director of the NIH. Several times. He's not the NIH director. He's the NIAID, which is the uh, da, 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 what is national immunoregulation. That's what it does. Okay. So he's not actually the director of NIH, which I think would require, if I remember right, don't quote me on that. I think that would require Senate confirmation, but but the position he is in does. And maybe that's why, because he has all the influence that that the NIH director, who's the mm -hmm. NIH director? Do you know? I have no idea. Nobody does. But you know who Fauci is and he's not the director. Yeah. Right? But 
to become the director, he would have to be scrutinized, and that would bring up the whole AIDS thing again. It would bring up the Ebola thing again. It would bring up the the swine flu thing again. Mm-hmm. You know the things that the things that he screwed up, but somehow or another managed to survive because he wasn't really the guy in charge. So it's somebody else's fault that I screwed him up. Anyway, I'm just it's remarkable to me that this guy is still around. Why is mm-hmm. he still around? The, the Navy had a similar thing with Hyman Rickover, the father of the nuclear Navy, mm-hmm. sorry, nuclear Navy, who stuck around long after he should have retired running Navy reactors. And there was this, as I recall, they had an act of Congress to allow him to serve longer hmm. because he was so important, but he wasn't. And really what he did was He was so inflexible and so controlling and so demanding that, you know, there are a lot of people, I'm not, not saying I'm one of them, but there are a lot of people that believe that his insane controlling of things may have contributed to the Thresher disaster. And, Hmm. you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't figure out for the life of me, why the czar and even the Tsarzina didn't see that what the damage that Rasputin was causing. And I, I cannot for the life of me see, can't understand why people can't say, Fauci might be a nice guy. He might be a great grandpa. I, I don't know. But why the hell are we listening to this guy? He's not the NIH director. No. He's not the CDC director. He's just some guy that looks good on television and wants to keep his name there and keep his $400,000 a year salary. Well, and, I, and I'm betting because he's been in the political position for so long that he probably doesn't even have a license to practice medicine anymore. Because he doesn't have I to. Don't, he's no, in a policymaking yeah, position. That I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible. I, I, I kind of feel like he's the kind of guy that would. Maybe. I, I just, just so he could lord that over people. I don't know, maybe just, we have a listener that that uh, that might know that. I don't. I I haven't looked that far. I just I look at the historical parallels here, and I'm like, why aren't we? He can't be the only person that can do this. He cannot be. Yeah. And there's no way. The guy's 80 years old. Has he not trained anybody to replace him? Has he not talked to anybody about replacing him? Is he not? Is he not prepared? I mean, that's what you do in the Navy, right? When you get a job, you well, immediately is he, start is he training. Is even doing anything right now? Because he's on so many talk shows and, and so many media outlets right now that he's, I, don't, I can't imagine him getting any work done if he does anything right. at all. Well, except that his work is just telling people to <laughs> wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Don't wear, wear three masks. Wear two masks. Do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Well, what would make me happy is not having to listen to government officials contradict themselves in and out, in and out, in and out. And I, look, I, I'm enough of a Goliard and enough of a cynic to know that this whole thing was bungled from the word go. Mm-hmm. And part of that bungling was they had too many voices saying too many things. They Too many experts, expert voices saying right. too many things. And, and, and all that's done is confuse the issue. Instead of having one unified plan. This is what we're going to do. Although they kind of did. Trump actually did operation warp speed, obviously. Um, but at the same time, they, 
<sighs> putting Fauci out there to flop and twitch. And, and every time he, every time he said something different, contextually or otherwise, nobody's listening to that. <laughs> They're like, well, why did he say this? He said, as they said that. Well, sadly, I've got friends and relatives on Facebook that for some reason still adore him. So I, I have no idea. Well, and that's the Rasputin effect, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the effect that he's had on them, the way that, the way that they feel, the way that he makes them feel, right? Mm-hmm. You got to sin in order to be, to be forgiven, Rod. And that's, that's almost the, the, the mentality here. Well, we've got to go through COVID in order to, to become a better society almost is, is, is kind of the way, uh, I don't know, people are approaching this thing and I'm just, yeah. it, it's weird to me. And I just, this whole Rasputin thing, this whole, this whole last of the Tsar show has me, and I'm only halfway through it. I'm not even all the way through this thing yet. <laughs> and I, 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 watching things like that is weird because you know how it ends, yeah. right? And that's, I, I don't know. There's a, there's been a couple of times I've turned it off because I know, well, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> why do I need to, why do I need to watch them act it out for me? Even though, yeah. uh, even though it is pretty much R rated. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I watched, I actually binged one yesterday, the, the Lost Pirate Kingdom, and it was a docudrama. Um, I think it's by the same people. Probably. And it's definitely, uh, definitely yep. not made for normal television. So anyway. But it was good. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. What'd you learn from the pirates? Anything? Uh, that they had one of the earliest forms of uh, democracy in the Americas, right? Yeah, every every pirate on the ship had a had a vote, and they could vote the captain out and vote in a new captain. And right, so uh, it's kind of interesting. Did they have a Rasputin guy telling him, "Don't do that"? <laughs> well, they there was a lot of, of course, infighting because you know you you've got some pirates that wanted to. Uh, you know, attack, Mutiny. attack more, right. pillage more. Right. And others that said, nah, I don't really want to do that. Jack Sparrow was more worried about the Ila de Morta than anything else. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think of this? Uh, you can send us an email, WTF at whatthefrock.org. You can text us. You can comment on the webpage. You can comment on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. And, and again, I'll admit it. I've not been a harsh critic of Dr. Fauci for the last year. I just... I, I have been, but <laughs> I know you have been. I, I've sat back and kind of watched the whole thing. I, I recognize a, I recognize a spokesmouth when I see one, mm-hmm. and Fauci is a spokesmouth. But if he was really in charge of things, he wouldn't be the director of NIAID. He would be the director of NIH or CDC. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason he's not, and the reason he's not is because he's politically toxic. Yeah. And has been since the 1980s. So why now? I mean, that's that's the question you find yourself asking. Is uh, he's director of immunology? Let's interview him because he knows something about immunology. Well, I sent Rod yesterday a, a scientific <laughs> paper that he wrote. It's actually not a paper. It's just a letter supporting a scientific paper, arguing that gain of function research is important. And and I actually agree, it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look like, uh, and if, if Fauci had retired 25 years ago, like he should have, do you think anybody would even notice? No. No. They wouldn't care. The only reason they care is because he keeps putting himself in the middle of everything 
as if somehow or another, he's the guy that you should be listening to. And I don't think he is. Nope. But he wants to be. That's for sure. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And it is Memorial Day, Rod. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if our listeners did. I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure you knew that. But Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. So, so we Facebook reminded this. me from a previous post I made years ago about uh, my, my, grand, my grandfather who fought in World War I and World War II. So. I guess technically it's not Memorial Day. Tomorrow is technically Memorial Day. It's kind of like a whole weekend kind of a celebration. It, it really is because because of the the change. Remember some years ago, Decoration Day used to be the 30th, and then and then they moved it to the first the, the Monday Holiday Act in 1971, and and now it's um, it varies. I remember when they did this because my father loves the Indianapolis 500. My dad was a race car driver in his youth, and he loves racing and. And that kind of stuff. And in those days, Rod, this was really weird. In those days, the Indy 500 was not broadcast live on TV. Hmm. It was live on the radio and tape delayed by ABC to be run that night. During the prime time? Yeah, I think that was part of it. Um, Frankly, I think there was some fear about – because back in those days, delays, you know, 10, 15 second delays were not a thing. Yeah. And I think they were concerned about some of the issues that they might have had, like they would have a couple of years later uh, when Swede Savage was killed in the accident and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I remember this move because in the 71 race, they moved it to the Sunday because the Monday being the holiday. Mm-hmm. And my dad who is a devout Christian and a pastor and all that kind of stuff. My dad was not happy. He was <laughs> like, I will not watch that. I won't even listen to it on the radio anymore because, because now it's on Sunday. And I remember sitting in the garage when my dad would work on cars and listening to the race on the radio. And I still, I still kind of enjoy listening to the race on the radio. Although racing on radio is kind of, I don't know. I, Anticlimactic, I maybe? I, I guess I'm a child of the second half of the 21st century. It's like, <laughs> I love baseball on the radio. Yeah. Because I can- Baseball's I, good on the radio. I don't have any problem visualizing that, but racing, I have a hard time visualizing. Yeah. Same with basketball. I can't, basketball on the radio, and I used to listen to Hot Rod Huntley back in the days yeah. when I liked the NBA before Michael Jordan, but but now it's just, why so, do you even bother? Yeah. Memorial weekend, or as our illustrious vice president calls it, a long weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting ready to run the race. I have the race on yeah. this morning. It's not, hasn't started yet, but <clears throat> anyway, it's just, it's always kind of a thing for me on Memorial Day weekend. It's, mm-hmm. I, there are people who believe it's the greatest spectacle in sports. I don't know that it is. But it is nice to look at this thing, Rod, and I'm, they're showing shots of the crowd. Yeah. And it is packed out, and there's no masks. Well, <laughs> and they immediately show a driver who's standing by himself 20 with feet away from everybody with a mask on. Oh, of so, course. Of course. Anyway, they're, uh, it's nice to see that. And 
people well, not wearing I'm masks. I'm sure any of the media, they're going to have masks on. Uh, it looks like, it looks like the staff are all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not I a know, huge race fan, but yeah, you know, I, I like more of the road courses than, than the ovals. Do you like the F1 stuff? Uh, I, you know, I, I do, but I don't, I don't particularly watch it. So Tell you what I, I like do about Formula it, One. Formula One, I, the, the races itself, like Monaco last week, mm-hmm. are just dull. I mean, there's no passing. There's no, yeah. none of that. But the start, the starts of these things, because they they don't do like Indy does, where they do the two laps and then mm-hmm. and then they the pace car pulls off and they speed up and no man, they go from a dead stop yeah. to Under green market light set go go <laughs> that. <laughs> And they race in weather, man. They don't. Oh, yeah. Rain doesn't shut them down over an F one, man. Like I think it was the Hungarian Grand Prix a couple of years ago where they did that. Yeah. Oh, that was great. It's like holy crap, these people got some brass cojones, man. <laughs> there no way I'd do that. Anyway, it is Memorial Day, so uh, Memorial Day weekend. I don't know what your plans are, but uh, I'm going to spend all day tomorrow basically at our uh, ceremonies here. So I'm. I just have yard work I've got to get done. I've been putting it off. I got to do that today. So that tomorrow afternoon, after all the ceremonies, I can come back and barbecue and hot dogs. And and, and look, I say this every year. Sometimes it gets through. Sometimes it doesn't. All you people that keep sending me the whole thing about Memorial Day is for the dead. Veterans Day is for the living. I am for the day is for the people. All, all you people that keep sending me that, stop. Because you don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm sorry, you just don't. I, I know you think you do. I, I, I know you think you're being clever and you think you're being, I don't know, educational and enlightening, but you're not, you, you haven't read the, the appropriate material. Memorial Day tomorrow, from sun up to noon, the flags are flown at half mast to remember those who have fallen. Who have fallen. At noon, the flags are raised to the full staff. Why? To honor those who served, i.e. veterans. Mm-hmm. And to do so in a joyous manner, to do so with great, because what good is the sacrifice if you can't enjoy it, mm-hmm. the benefits of it? I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, what did they sacrifice for if, yeah. I mean, this isn't Yom Kippur, dude. This is Memorial Day. So at noon, your flag should go to full staff and you should begin to enjoy the benefits that those who who, who died in the service of our country have secured for you. Barbecue, apple pie. And believe me, I will be doing both because baseball, that is what I do. What the frock? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Cook. You know, I had planned a discussion about the worst year in history. Yeah, I saw that. Because, but then I thought we've done so much history today. We've done a lot of history today. Yeah, I just don't think anybody cares what the worst year in history was. And the 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 tie-in was everybody thinks that last year was really bad. Yeah. You remember 2016 when all the celebrities died? Oh yeah. And everybody was like, oh, about the celebrities damn you 2016 and somehow every time a celebrity dies that's what i write damn you 2016 (laughs) (laughs) 
We lost Gavin McLeod. Did you see that? The love boat? I did. Captain Stubing. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Anyway, the point is, I think we did too much history today. So I think so. so I, think, I think we'll skip that. Uh, the answer is 1816, for those of you who are wondering. Some people think it's 532, but the actual answer is 1816. Yeah. So if It'll you're be a story for maybe another day. If you're wondering what the worst year that ever lived in humanity's history, it was. Oh, was the humanity. So did you see the new film? They found new film footage of that. Yeah. That was new fo- the Hindenburg. It was a private, uh, a private right. film that yeah. nobody knew existed. And mm-hmm. it's taken from a completely different angle from a side angle and pretty much proves that it was static electricity. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. It was, but I'm not sure anybody cares. No, it's people more back like, on the history people bent. Like, people <laughs> like, oh, David, talking about history. Might as well go down the rabbit hole, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And, and nobody knew they had it. And it's like, oh, look, that's the amazing thing about people's attics is you just yeah. never know what you're going to find. Hey, look, here's that body grandpa didn't get rid of all those years ago. Oops, that's not supposed to happen. Anyway, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Yeah. And I can say that. Have Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Remember those who have fallen, but be sure to enjoy yourself as well. And, and the last holiday before the 4th. <laughs> that's a weird way to look at it. Yeah. But it is true, isn't it? Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms. I What I think of it is in terms of there's no, there's no holiday weekends in June. No. <laughs> That's the way my wife looks at it. Dang, no paid holidays in June. Well, this is about as close as you can get to it, though, right? I mean, it, it is literally the day before June. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's the official start of summer, and it's supposed to be 80 degrees here tomorrow. So that air oh. conditioner we bought two weeks ago You're gonna turn will it on. be installed this afternoon. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're ready hit, for We're the- hitting 100 today. We're, we're hitting triple digits. Ugh, that's. Um, they said like it's like 15 days ahead of schedule of what they would normally do. No, it's not. I remember 100 degree days in May. Well, uh, yeah. Well, again, it's weather people, right? Can they get things? Can they get anything right? <laughs> We're a lot like Dr. Fauci. They just keep changing their mind every day. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be sunny. No, it's going to be rain. No, wait, it's going to be 100. No, it's going to be 99. And so, they always blame the weather, right? Right. It's always somebody else's fault. It's the models. The models that it's we the use. the models were off. Right. Right. <laughs> we got a gal here. I have seven models. So I pick the average of the seven models. Yeah. Well, why don't you just put a model in that, that averages the seven models together and use that one? But Dave, you know, tree farts can change climate, right? <sighs> God, what the hell is a tree fart? <laughs> How it, does a tree fart? It, it, it's trees that have been submerged that after they're unsubmerged in water, they just leave off some gases. Okay, but last time I checked... There was a story this week about mammals being able to breathe through their anus. But trees don't have anuses. No. So how do they fart? I don't know. Knot holes? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rabbi Dave. I'm Friar Cook. And this has been... What the frock? (laughs)